Hello, my name is Karen Killalee. I am a partner and head of the employment team at Maples and Calder Ireland, the Maples Group's law firm in Dublin. So in today's episode, I'm joined again by my colleague, Kieranie Lungig, who's an associate on the employment team here at Maples. And we are going to provide you with an overview of the key provisions of the EU Transparent and Predictable Working Conditions Regulations 2022. So that's a bit of a mouthful. So I'm just going to refer, we're both going to refer to them as the 2022 regulations. These regulations transpose the EU directive on transparent and predictable working conditions into Irish law. It came into force on the 16th of December last year. You may recall that we previously discussed the directive on our webcast actually around this time last year, and then we sent out an industry update on the 2022 regs, and that is available on our website if you want to do some further reading. As discussed on our previous webcasts and industry updates, many of the provisions of the directive were actually implemented into Irish law through a piece of legislation called the Terms of Employment Information Act 1994 and another piece of legislation called the Employment Miscellaneous Provisions Act 2018. We don't need to worry too much about the detail of all of that. What we're going to do is go through some of the changes that from a practical perspective may require you as an employer in Ireland to make some changes, particularly to your written terms of employment. So as always, we try to look at these updates and changes in about 15 minutes. So let's kick off. So Kira, can you tell us what changes have been introduced for employers in Ireland regarding updating the mandatory written terms of employment under these new 2022 regulations? Sure. As you've mentioned, it it is already a requirement of Irish law that employers set out a written statement of certain key and mandatory terms of the employment relationship. This is in place under the 1994 Act and the 2018 Act and includes basic necessary information such as name and address of the employer, notice periods, remuneration and so on. The 2022 regulations have introduced two separate changes in respect of notification requirements. Firstly, the The regulations have amended when this information needs to be provided to the employee. Under the 1994 Act and the 2018 Act, there were two timeframes that employers needed to keep in mind, the mandatory day five terms and the remaining terms that needed to be provided to the employee within two months of commencement of employment. Certain mandatory terms will still need to be provided within a five day period. However, these terms have been expanded, which I will discuss in just a moment. The remaining terms now need to be provided to the employee within one month of commencement of employment, which is a shorter time frame than before. The second change introduced by the 2022 regulations in relation to providing written statement of terms is the expansion of the mandatory terms. Employers will now have to provide employees with information on their training entitlements, further detail in, on the calculation of remuneration, such as the initial basic amount, other component elements, frequency, method of payment and payment reference periods. Where an employee has no fixed or main place of work, a statement specifying that the employee is employed at various places or is free to determine their workplace. We'll also need to provide details of the employee's title or a brief description of work, terms and conditions relating to hours of work and overtime, and where an employee's work pattern is unpredictable, 
the principle that the work schedule is variable, the number of guaranteed paid hours, pay for any additional hours, working hours and days, and at least 24 hours notice in advance of the first day or the proposed day in each week that the employee is required to work. So employers will need to ensure that they are providing the correct information to employees within these relevant timeframes. And it'll be important to review and update template contracts to capture these new mandatory terms. Yeah, absolutely. There's an awful lot in that. And does the obligation then to provide that, if you like, sort of revised written statement of terms, which complies with the 2022 regs. So does that apply to new hires, so new contracts only? Or is this an exercise now which employers have to do across all of their population, so existing and new employees? No, employers do not actually have to proactively go out to all their employees with a revised written statement of terms. The 2022 regulations provide, however, that existing employees can request this. And if they do, then employers should be prepared to provide a new written statement when requested. Okay, perfect. And any other formalities that we need to be aware of? Yes, absolutely. The 2022 regulations specifically state that the written statement must be signed and dated by the employer. And where an employer provides the written statement in electronic form, an employer must retain proof of transmission or receipt of the written statement. Essentially, employers should maintain a copy of having provided employees with the mandatory terms. Perfect. Okay, that makes sense. So yeah, lots of notification requirements for employers to keep in mind. So I think the next point maybe to discuss is probationary periods. Obviously, we've seen a number of clients come to us looking for guidance on on these changes. So the 2022 regulations have introduced, I would say, probably quite significant changes in relation to the use of probationary periods. And a very common theme that is emerging is the question of when is it appropriate to extend a probation period beyond what is now permitted? So could you just walk us through briefly what what employers need to be aware of? Yes. And as many of you may be aware, up until now, there has been no statutory restriction on the duration of probationary periods. In practice, we would typically see a probationary period run for six months with scope to extend this for a short period of time, such as two to three months where needed. Yeah, indeed. And employers also in the past have used, I mean, certain employers in certain sectors will use longer probationary periods of 11 months, I suppose, driven by a desire to ensure that the employer has a good opportunity to assess performance and to do that before the employee has 12 months service, which is the point at which obviously the protection under the Unfair Dismissals Act kicks in. But just tell us a little bit more about how this sort of six month restriction will now work in in practice. Well, employers will now have to limit probationary periods to six months, as such periods can only be extended on an exceptional basis to a maximum of 12 months. According to the 2022 regulations, probationary periods can only be extended in situations where doing so would be in the interests of the employee. It certainly seems to be the intention of the 2022 regulations that any probationary period extensions need to be implemented on an exceptional and individual basis. However, a clearly justifiable example of such an extension being in the interests of an employee is where the alternative is not extending the probation period where the alternative would be termination of the employee's contract, 
whilst extending a probationary period to avoid termination is unlikely to be something an employee would disagree with, the use of such justification should be supported by notes evidencing that the employee's performance during the first six months of employment indeed justifies a probationary period extension. Yes, and I mean, it's a good point. It's, you would think that it is in the interest of the employee to have continued probation versus just a termination at the end of the original probationary period. So it remains to be seen. And it sounds very much like employers should operate on the basis of a six-month probationary period ensure that they carefully monitor and document performance during that probationary period. And if they do wind up extending beyond the six months, um, then to document the reasons for any extension, including why the employer thinks it is in the interests of the employee to do so. But I suppose a question that we've seen as well in practice is what about using a longer probationary period from the beginning? So you have a contract of employment that says actually the probationary period is nine months. Do the new regulations prohibit that? Interestingly, implementing a longer probationary period from the beginning of the employment relationship is not actually expressly prohibited by the regulations or indeed the directive. The key question is whether the nature of the employment can justify a longer probationary period. It's noteworthy that the nature of employment wording is found in the directive, but not in the 2022 regulation wording. However, the wording of a directive can be used to plug any gaps found within the implementing regulations. In any case, choosing a longer probationary period from the outset will require careful scrutiny to ensure that the nature of the employment position can be said to be to justify a longer probationary period, as the compatibility of the employee to the role simply cannot be determined in a shorter period. Of course, it's worth keeping in mind that what is considered to be justified by the nature of the employment or in the interests of the employee has not been tested as yet in front of the WRC at this early stage. Yeah, exactly. That That is a key point for us all to keep in mind. This is untested. No doubt it'll be tested at, at some point. And yet the directive is definitely helpful. There's the recitals in the directive are, are quite expansive and they are helpful in understanding the situations in which a longer probationary period can be used. As you say, it can be justified by the nature of the employment. And it's interesting that the directive does go on to give a couple of examples of what that might include, such as, for example, managerial or executive positions or public service posts. And, and it is interesting that that wording is not replicated in the regs, but it's in the directive and therefore, if necessary, it could be relied on. And I also think it's interesting that the directive makes it clear that a longer probationary period could also be justified if the employer can show that it is in the interests of the worker, in particular for younger workers, and, and where that would promote access to permanent employment. So sort of back to your earlier point, which was, isn't it better to have an extended probationary period versus just being terminated after after six months? So anyway, let's let's wait and, and see what the WRC eventually does with this when the, when the first cases come before it. And um, just one other quick point that I wanted to mention is about the extension of probationary periods, or rather, I suppose, more correctly, the suspension of probationary periods for employees who are on statutory sick leave or any other period of what you might loosely term protective or family leave, so maternity, adoptive, parents leave, parental leave, paternity leave, carers leave, 
if probationary employees are, are on a period of leave during the probationary period, then in effect, the probationary period needs to be paused and then it's resumed once the employee returns. It's kind of interesting because I suppose in theory that means the employee could very well have more than 12 months service after they do come back to, to resume their, their probationary period. But in any event, what about other types of employment contracts, Kira? Can you still use a probationary period, for example, for a fixed term employee? Yes. However, the duration of the probationary period should be proportionate to the length of the contract and the nature of the work. For example, for a 12-month fixed-term contract, we might suggest a probationary period of three to four months. Crucially, an employer cannot impose a new probationary period when a fixed-term contract for the same work is renewed. Yes, fair enough, and that, that makes sense. Okay, the 2022 regulations also refer to work-related training. Anything we need to know about that? Yes, absolutely. The 2022 regulations provide that where an employee requires work-related training, this must be provided free of charge. And in addition, the time spent on the training will count as working time. And where possible, the training should take place during working hours. Okay. Uh, another topic is the whole concept of dual employment. It's very common for employers to currently prohibit dual employment in their contracts. So under the 2022 22 regulations, can these provisions still be included? Can you still prohibit dual employment in contracts? The, the 2022 regulations stipulate that employers cannot prohibit their employees from taking up additional employment outside of their working schedules, and employees will be protected from penalisation for doing so. Um, there's some wiggle room, however. An employer can restrict an employee from taking up additional employment where the restriction is proportionate and based on objective grounds. The 2022 regulations provide a list of these objective grounds, which include protection of business confidentiality, avoidance of conflicts of interest, safeguarding productive and safe working conditions, health and safety, and compliance with statutory or regulatory obligations and professional standards. In practice, the most common reasons for including these provisions in contracts is in fact for the protection of business confidentiality or to avoid conflicts of interest. So employers will likely be able to retain these provisions. However, the 2022 regulations require employers to detail the restriction on dual employment either within the contract or by means of a written statement. This means that employers will need to update their template contracts to include detail on the grounds for restricting dual employment. Okay, that's great. That leaves us with one other point, which is in relation to unpredictable working conditions. And as discussed in our previous webcast on the on the EU directive, Ireland has already largely prohibited zero hour contracts and introduced the requirement to provide information to employees, you know, in good time on their days and hours of work. So what have the 2022 regulations done to build on the protection for employees? who do have unpredictable working patterns? Well, Karen, firstly, an employee will now have a right to request transfer to employment with more predictable and secure working conditions, where an employee has at least six months continuous service and has completed their probationary period, the employee can request a form of employment that is more predictable and secure in its working conditions. An employee is only entitled to submit one such request in a 12-month period, Employers must respond to this request within one month and provide a reasoned written reply to the employee. A verbal reply 
by the employer can only be made where a subsequent similar request is submitted by the same employee and the situation of the employee remains unchanged. Secondly, where an employer fails to notify an employee of their working hours within 24 hours of their first day of work or where applicable the proposed day in each week, the employee is required to work. The employee has a right to refuse to work during these hours without any adverse consequences. This essentially means that no notice or late notice will result in employees not having to work and employees cannot be penalised for doing so. In summary, employers will need to be mindful of these rights when scheduling rosters and ensure that sufficient notice is provided in advance of the employee's working day. Okay, perfect. So I think probably five key takeaways, which are as follows. Number one, employers will need to review their template contracts of employment to ensure that they do comply with the 2022 regulations that we've just discussed. The second takeaway is probably to review the use of probationary periods and make sure that there are adequate controls in place to monitor and assess performance during the six-month probationary period and to carefully document and, and consider why you might extend that or why you might use a longer probationary period from the outset. I think the third takeaway is to review workplace training requirements and arrangements and ensure that the cost of training is not passed on to the employee and that the training takes place during working hours. Point number four, I think, is that employees just need to be given the necessary notice of their working hours in good time in compliance with the regulations, as, as Kira has just outlined. And finally, employers should be prepared to provide existing employees with a written statement of employment, which complies with the 2022 regs if they are requested to do so. Okay, well, that's it from us for now. If you have any questions or queries on any of the points covered today or on employment legal issues in general, please do get in touch with us. Thanks for listening.